0: chapter 10 of from slave cabin to pulpit by peter randolph this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 10 special traits the colored people have often been criticized for their emotional and sympathetic traits i hold that this emotional element is an important adjunct to the progress of humanity all nationalities have their peculiar traits of character which blended with others add or detract in the great progress of humanity the negro race is deeply sympathetic and emotional the latter resulting from the former for where there is deep sympathy there will be emotion more or less in the religious worship of the colored people perhaps this element of emotion finds its greatest opportunity for display the negro is deeply religious his sympathies run in that direction he is in full sympathy with religion and expresses it in his emotions now this emotional element produces enthusiasm and fires up the cold and indifferent more enthusiasm is what is wanted in all the avenues of life then it follows naturally as the night follows the day that a deep sympathetic and enthusiastic nature is necessary as a supplement to one that is cold and indifferent i admit that some of the demonstrations manifested on the part of many of the colored people in their religious meetings are not proper for they are carried to extremes the meetings carried on till a late hour the groaning and shouting the getting happy and falling over benches are features that should be discouraged all this doubtless is the result of a deep religious nature rough and uncultivated the overflow of a strong and buoyant spirit now what must be done with this nature destroy it what should be done with a rough and uncultivated yet productive soil the iron ore and unpolished diamond destroy them the foolish and ignorant could only say destroy them but wisdom and experience would say cultivate refine and polish them and you will have something that will be useful and ornamental so in regard to the emotional element in the negro cultivate refine and polish it and you will have that which maketh not ashamed but desirable adding strength and beauty in the great temple of progress this sympathetic element is not only seen in the religious worship of the colored people but also in their daily contact the negro is domestic he loves home wife and children and is easily moved to tears by the affliction of any of these in the dark days of slavery when parents and children were forced to separate and that not once but often at each separation the scenes of affection were heart-rending i have conducted funerals where it would not be unusual to see nearly the whole adult congregation bathed in tears while in some white congregations it would be difficult to observe but few if any weeping not that the white people do not feel for their beloved dead but that the manifestation of it does not show itself as in the case of the negro often at the graves of their masters who had whipped and sold them into slavery the slaves were seen to weep not tears of joy but of sympathy and sorrow this emotional element that is manifested in the negro's life is usually sincere and without sham or hypocrisy often in the religious meetings the visitor is caused to smile and laugh out loud at what appears to him to be amusing if not ridiculous but the worshippers perspiring at every pore were never more in earnest and never more sincere and what is more this sincerity on the part of the colored people have caused their critics to make allowance for their eccentricities now i maintain as i have already intimated that this emotional or enthusiastic element in the colored people which is natural is capable of being turned to great good to deny the possibility of their development and high state of cultivation is to deny the current facts of history negroes from the southern plantations and tobacco factories have stood as representatives in the legislative halls to champion and defend the rights of man in all the professions they are found and when opportunity is given they are ready and able to compete with their more favoured brothers for the honours the fact that the soil will produce one hill of corn is an evidence that it will produce another what man has done it is reasonable to suppose man can do under similar and favourable circumstances what then must be our conclusion in this matter this encourage the negro to develop the resources that are within him he has patience for he has been the great back-horse and burden-bearer of america he has sincere faith in god and enjoys his religion with his patience sincerity and enthusiasm he will help to evangelize the world after my four years and a half of active service in richmond and vicinity i returned again to boston my former home i found on my arrival that a large number of colored people had gathered here from different parts of the south in search of homes and employment the name boston always had a musical and joyous sound to the colored people in the south this was not unreasonable for this city was foremost in advocating the negro's cause and vouchsafing to him the immunities of citizenship may this grand old city always hold the first place in the negro's affection it may be that this fact boston's friendship for the negro had a little to do with a large number coming to boston be that as it may the fact is i found a large number scattered in and about the south end of the city who were recently from the south many of these were like sheep without a shepherd leaving their churches in the south behind them and having no church affiliations here owing to the habits and customs in the south and also their mode of worship only a few ventured to visit the white churches i flattered myself as knowing somewhat the needs of my people after talking the matter over with several brethren and consulting with my old friend deacon ezekias chase i decided to take hold of the work and do what i could to build up a baptist church at the south end already the good people at clarendon street baptist church of which rev a j gordon was the honored pastor had begun work among the children by forming a sunday school this sunday school under the auspices of the clarendon street folks was held every sunday at twelve ten washington street i noticed that a number of the parents of these children would occasionally drop in at this school the thought occurred to me that this was the place to begin a church accordingly the church was started with a handful of earnest men and women all movements secular and religious have opposers and obstacles this struggling branch was no exception to the rule one of the difficulties i had to contend with during the services in this hall or place of our first meeting was the presence of a club of young men in the adjoining apartment while i was preaching the voices of these men could be audibly heard in my congregation one would sing out i pass another i have jack trumps spades and such expressions as are common to card players doubtless their idea was to get us disgusted and cause us to leave that they might continue their gambling on the lord's day we continued to preach and finally that peculiar noise of the cards falling on the table ceased and the young men evidently sat quietly listening to us at length they would not gamble at all during the religious service but would come in and sit in our audience Their faces and appearances indicated that they were not the best class of young men. I believe our preaching had a good effect upon them, for when we left the hall for the want of more room, and selected another place of worship, some of these young men continued to visit our services. During our stay in the hall on Washington Street, our numbers were greatly augmented, and we removed from there to the church edifice on West Concord Street, a more commodious place of worship. The latter was secured to us through the kindness of Rev. George C. Lorimer, D.D., and the dear brethren at the Clarendon Street Baptist Church. Dr. Lorimer, at this time, was the pastor of the First Baptist Church, located on Salmet Avenue and Rutland Street. Before we entered the Concord Street Meeting House, which seated about five hundred people, the church was organized and recognized as the Ebenezer Baptist i cannot say too much in the way of commendation and praise of the clarendon street folks for their hearty sympathy cooperation, and financial aid which was extended to us nor too much of the beloved and lamented deacon ezekias chase who for forty years had been my personal friend he with many others have finished their earthly career and have gone to receive the reward of the faithful at concord street our congregation was largely increased and we had a number of candidates ready for baptism unfortunately for us we had no pool in our church and was compelled to go elsewhere in order to perform the rite through the kindness of dr gordon and his officers our first baptism was observed at the clarendon street baptist church according to the arrangements on a certain sunday morning after the doctor's sermon to his congregation i appeared on the scene with twenty-one candidates and a large part of my congregation following me most of the doctor's congregation had never witnessed what they called a colored baptism and they remained to see the performance of the same I have already intimated that most of these people were recently from the South, and their habits and customs were their only heritage from slavery. I had cautioned them beforehand that as they were going to Dr. Gordon's church to be baptized, they must be as careful and calm as possible, but I am sorry to say that most of them forgot my advice." The first one I immersed showed a little sign of excitement, and the second a little more, so the excitement increased gradually, till some got happy in the water, and so on. At the beginning of the excitement Dr. Gordon arose, and dismissed his congregation, intimating that it was doubtless best for us to be alone, as we had some ways peculiar to ourselves. He might have added that we had learned these in the house of bondage there was one noticeable feature that attracted some attention. As I was baptizing one man who was quite dark, all at once a voice shouted out in the gallery, "'That's my husband!' Many of the congregation mistook her for a white woman, but she was a bright mulatto. Rev. Dr. Gordon deeply sympathized with me in my embarrassed condition, and I was so ashamed of the action of my people that I never went there to baptize again.' the ebenezer church continued to increase in membership and influence until today. It is one of the largest colored churches in boston true the church has had many changes in the pastorate and this doubtless could not very well be avoided owing to the composition of the membership and congregation these were mainly uneducated people not from one part of the south only but from different parts few had any definite idea of church government yet all had some idea as to how a baptist church should be carried on that is they thought they did those who came from virginia had their ideas as to how a church should be conducted and likewise those who came from north carolina alabama georgia or florida had theirs also each different set wanted their kind of a preacher and the majority usually carried the day the uneducated minister would naturally go with the crowd that voted for his coming with this peculiar membership the minister would not have smooth sailing all the time the remedy for this babble state of affairs will come through the intelligent educated ministry which shall enlighten the people and bring them up to the correct standard and not appeal to their ignorant methods inherited from slavery what is needed also is more cooperation on the part of the white brethren in this whole matter. This applies to colored churches all over the country. Give the churches better leaders educated and trained in all doctrine. This the white people must do, for the colored people are poor and have nothing having relieved myself of the work and responsibility of the ebenezer baptist church i still remained in boston and vicinity ready to help in every good work where my services were wanted owing to my relation to the churches and old acquaintance in the city i was constantly called upon to officiate at funerals address organizations and different societies frequently i was called to other cities and towns to preach and supply vacant pulpits in providence rhode island i supplied the ebenezer church there for one year and my stay was blessed with much success while serving this church i met there some of my relations who were sold from the brandon plantation on the james river that i spoke of in the previous chapters we were unknown to each other until we found out where we came from This may seem amusing to some, but it is a common thing among colored people to meet in one another's company for years, and not know that they are near kin until some incident occurs like this. In many of the larger cities and towns in the north, and especially in New England, like Providence, Worcester, New Bedford, Springfield, New Haven, Hartford, and Newport, there is a large population of colored people, the majority of whom came from the south since the war they are usually the poorer class of colored people who come to better their condition some come direct from the plantations others from the cities and tobacco factories as a rule all are hard-working people and where they get fair wages and kind treatment they will work themselves nearly to death in the south their great social and religious enjoyment has come through their church life and naturally they seek such affiliations as soon as they arrive in many places they are too poor and too few in number to have a self-sustaining church and ought to remain as a mission under some white church that is willing and able to instruct and assist them chapter ten